0: Hi, I'm Varun Haran. I'm Senior Editor with Information Security Media Group. I'm happy today to speak once more with Avinash Prasad, who is vice president and head of the managed security services business at Tata Communications. And we're going to be speaking about something specific to the Middle East region. We're going to be talking about the evolving threat scenario with specific focus on the Mecca region, what advanced capabilities are needed to handle these issues and handle these threats, and maybe even share some success stories from Avinash's experiences in this region. Hi, Avinash. Thanks for joining us.
1: Yeah. Hello, Varun. Uh, Thanks. Good to be able to talk about this and share some of my point of view with you.
0: A pleasure as always to have you, Avinash. Let's just set the stage for this discussion. You know, when we talk about the threat landscape, it's global in nature for all enterprises and they're all equally at risk given the borderless nature of the Internet now. And having said that, you know, there are some specific nuances that vary from region to region, the maturity, the way, the approach to security. So what are the specific challenges that you see in security when it comes to the Mecca region, when you speak to the practitioners? If you can tell me both from an attacker and a defender perspective, what are the nuances in this region?
1: I would say that is a very relevant question in today's environment. And I'll pick on the first point first, which is the fact that threat landscape is evolving globally. That is absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, the escalation in the different kind of activity, attack activity, you know, that we are seeing as well as, you know, the subsequent successful breaches that we are seeing. So the scale up is, uh, is, is global in nature, but you know, uh, especially given our own history and our own overall presence in the mecca region, we have been watching this market closely as we have been serving it as a service provider, as a cloud provider, and of course, as a MSSP now, I do see certain specific issues and interesting nuances that I would like to bring out. And clearly the view does relate to one is, you know, which in your words, you put it as an attacker and a defender perspective, which is what I would say is the the internal view of threats, how organizations and enterprises in the Middle East region are seeing their own uh, threat and risk profile change. And when this was the attacker view in terms of what the external forces that are waging war in the cyberspace are looking at and how some of that external behavior is changing. So from both those two perspectives, you know, I would like to examine it. Now, uh, overall, you know, every region has its own nuances. So, There's some clear geopolitical considerations also that come into play when one looks at the Middle East region and that does have an impact in terms of some of the attack activity that we see and that is, uh, we have seen that, you know, for example, as a, as a major uh, service provider there, you know, uh, as we are protecting our customers against, let's say, volumetric attacks or also called the DDoS attacks, there tends to be a spike which could be associated with certain events or certain type of perceived activity which is there. So there is some visibility that customers today are building around which could be those time windows when there could be more vulnerable to attack and related to some of those factors, underlying factors that I talked about in terms of geopolitical reasons and therefore how that needs to be protected. So we also did recently some work for one of our clients in Central Asia where due to a major event that they were organizing, you know, the protection was needed and we did see some attack activity Uh, coming through. So in terms of the external perspective, I think that's that's one clear driver. This also ties to the way nation-states are kind of building up for cyber warfare, and I'll talk about that a little bit more as we go along. So that's one clear aspect that I see here, that one needs to be sensitive to, and a service provider needs to be aware of it and needs to be grounded to be able to help the customers in the region there. The second part of it is, of course, the defender or the internal perspective. I think the way both across the larger Asia region, but of course, in the Middle East region, the way the, the ICT infrastructure is scaling, right? And the way we've seen examples of brand new universities coming up, smart city-based work going on, and other kinds of infrastructure scale-up, which means that, you know, the buildup of information and communication systems and all that is very rapid. And that obviously opens up then the whole question around, you know, how is this getting secured? What are the security designs for this? What is the cybersecurity model? And it's very important, therefore, for the defenders, so to speak, to be able to have a perspective on that, that how does that change the risk profile of the organization because of this rapid extensions or growth in the ICT? infrastructure. So I would say from a defender perspective, that is one of the key trends that we are seeing that this pace of rapid change and investment going into build buildup of that infrastructure means that there needs to be equally rapid development of both design thinking as well as deployment for cyber protection.
0: You know, Avinash, let's get a little specific on what some of these risks can be, how the threat landscape itself has evolved. I mean, you very rightly said there's this rapid pace at which digitization is happening. The adoption of all these technologies is happening, but not necessarily the adoption of security and security practices and maturity. So how is this threat landscape evolved in the past year, let's say, and where do you see it heading?
1: Yeah, good question, Varun. You know, so uh, what I would say is, let's look at the time window of the recent past, which would be one year or the last two years as well, is the fact that the major events that we can all recall is the targeted malware attacks, which actually happened in the year 2012 and when some you know very large and recognized names were the victims of those attacks. And I'm talking about the Shamoon malware, right? And which had major crippling and debilitating effects on the business part of it. What is very interesting to note is that some of that is recent Surfacing. So Shamoon, by the way, it has resurfaced and this malware is now again active in 2016. We saw a fair bit of activity around that. So what that means is that, you know, purpose built malware and very targeted kind of attacks is something that we are clearly seeing here. Okay, both in terms of the way it starts with, let's say typically some credential stealing so that initial propagation can happen of that attack, then how the delivery is going to happen. And then from there, how the internal proliferation and then the actual exploit, or in this case in Shamoon, as we know, you know, it was, it would completely wipe the disk and you know and basically bring the business to a grinding halt so that's something which is very interesting that we are seeing over there this part of the threat landscape is something which means the organizations in the middle east have to pay specific interest and put special effort behind tracking and looking at the way targeted malware is coming along and similarly we saw other trends like Greenbug, et etc also coming in to do a multi-vector kind of or a blended attack you know where it plays out some part of how it compromises users and then it can feed back into an attack of malware like uh Shaman. so i would say that definitely one of the key things is the way targeted attacks are playing out, how it tends to compromise certain industries, certain type of players and all that, that needs to be looked at and that clearly is following some of the, you know, if you can call it, right, the, the crown jewel kind of approach. You know, the bigger the target or the more valuable the target, the bigger the impact. So from that perspective, it, what it definitely means is for the large enterprises and specifically in certain sectors and segments, the vigilance has to be that much more higher on the secure cybersecurity models need to be able to scale up to look at and examine examine not only against a you know, pattern and looking at malware-based behavior or some of those attack behaviors, that patterns that we saw in 2012, but how that has mutated now and it's representing itself in 2017. So uh, these are some things that we are seeing and we have seen in those region. So this is a trend which is uh, clearly there. And it would, you know, both between us as a service provider and our enterprise customers and other customers, you know, it needs close collaboration to be able to mitigate the threat from such kind of targeted and vicious attacks.
0: Let's talk a bit about the advanced capabilities that are now required over and above the traditional security approaches that are being used in order to address these challenges effectively. So how can a practitioner today take that future-proof approach to security, especially as we go into 2018 and you're looking at investing, making that security dollar, stretching it as far as it can go? What are some of the advanced capabilities that you feel are now required?
1: Right. So, indeed, and I will pick on some of the factors that we discussed Varun, in the previous questions to lead up to this, is the fact that one is having fundamentally a very robust and a constantly refreshed vulnerability management program is very important. Now, some might argue that is it really an advanced capability. I would say it is a very, very pertinent capability and it needs to be advanced in line with the kind of behavior that we are seeing in terms of the way vulnerabilities are getting played out. So, what that means is one example could be that for one Management. One is of course the standard best practices of doing the scannings, doing remediation, doing the patching, etc., is what organization can do and work with providers like ourselves. But they need access to advanced capabilities, let's say like a malware reverse engineering, additional deeper analysis of such malicious code to understand how is it playing out, what is the payload like, what does it really mean for that organization. And this will help then, as I said, you know, since fair amount of this seems to be targeted today, this will help those organizations prepare much better for those. So that's just one part of, you know, how the base infrastructure needs to be hardened or protected so that, you know, it, it penetrating that is that much more difficult for an attacker through strong vulnerability management but with, but with add-on capabilities of, you know, much sharper uh, malware analysis, etc. Moving on from there is where clearly, you know, uh, the, the basic capabilities of a SOC, which was just, you know, be good at monitoring the environment, be good at linking that to a strong incident response process. Those capabilities need a clear step up. So that's where, uh, and that is some what in line with global trends also. But again, the adoption, I would say, is something that in in Middle East we'll see happening much more now of some of those capabilities, which means that essentially, as I talked about, you know, things like, you know, there are other types of attacks which could be on a certain timeline linked with a certain event. Now to obviously to handle that and to address that, to face off against those threats, having actionable threat intelligence becomes very, very important. So how do the enterprises here in this region generate the actionable threat intelligence for themselves, and especially which is uh, very timely and gives them that advance, time window to react and respond is very important. So that capability comes in. And therefore, the actual the monitoring lifecycle needs to be enriched with a, a lot of TI-based constant uh, monitoring that is happening, meaning the way the indicators of compromise or the IOCs is constantly being fed into your monitoring engine becomes very important so that it is able to extend itself far beyond what it can do based only on log monitoring and based on correlation rules. So that's one part of it uh, which is there of actionable TI and actionable TI blended with your base security monitoring platform to make it effective threat monitoring. Having said that, I think the need for proactive threat analysis will also and threat hunting will also be a very important ability here. So that said in terms of their investments on threat hunting by creating specific subsystems that capture relevant data that feed into some kind of a you know security big data pool etc will be needed. So that will need that additional planning and effort around building infrastructure for that and then of course applying more learning techniques to it. So essentially what it does is then just going back to the kind of attacks and threats Talked about right, there is a way in which there is some anticipation against certain attack you know, that we can do and build a response mechanism for that. Do active threat hunting, and then this, I believe, you know, will then move further into more enhanced response, more enhanced deception technique that we will talk about as we go along.
0: So you mentioned vulnerability management. You mentioned actionable TI threat analysis and hunting. What about uh, the entire concept of information sharing? How important do you think that equation is to this region? Do you see anything happening on that front?
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, that's something which clearly can add to this whole mix of what I talked about. right? And information sharing, as we know, you know, could be something that could even be paid for, you know. But in that case, it becomes more of a subscription. And I think what you are alluding to here, Varun, is, you know, something which is more by way of how, you know, on the defender side, you know, the information sharing is helping multiple defenders to protect themselves against the attack. So definitely, I believe that that's a tremendous area, potential area for development. In my view, currently in Middle East, largely a greenfield area but clearly an area of development. We are seeing also some agencies and some bodies coming in to at least start driving some standardized approach to cybersecurity, a standardized framework. However, whether that is now effective in creating a complete information sharing process and you know that is helping uh, different enterprises benefit from the experience or the challenges of other enterprises, I think that's a reasonably greenfield area and therefore a good area to target, to use as another protective shield against cyber attacks. So I foresee that development will be happening Over there. The reason why I mentioned an agency like NISA in UAE is because of the fact that usually these things need regulatory focus. So I think that part will also be there in this. With the regulatory focus, it will come up and we'll be able to uh, see more development. So I would say this is a great area, uh, but an area of development right now.
0: Great, Avinash. So as we come towards the end of this discussion, how does 2018 look to you from a security perspective? What are going to be the biggest challenges for the community, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's uh, both an interesting question, but not a surprise coming from a journalist like you, you know. So let me do some crystal ball gazing for you. But firstly, yes, uh, 2018 again looks to be a very exciting year full of hyperactivity from a cybersecurity perspective. Looking again more towards the Middle Eastern horizon and that market, I would feel that the way the approaches will get more standardized in that space and how regulators will come in to ensure that the general level of cybersecurity preparedness and readiness across enterprises is, is really going to improve. Recently, when I met with some decent clients, the appreciation of or their grasp of what NISA was trying to tell them, which is the regulator and UAE was clearly there. So we could see that the security leaders over there are paying attention to that and they want to use that as the basis to be able to create a step up. So I see that the approaches will get more standardized. Uh, the push from a best practices as well as a regulatory perspective will also help in that. So that's number one. The inputs that go into it will be drawn from, of course, a global standard it could be even your know, we've had the ISO standards getting updated, you know, in line with the cybersecurity changes, NIST standards have been updated. Even the payment card industry, the PCI DSS standard is getting updated as we see newer attacks being played out. So those then feed into how the advisories will come out in this market for different enterprises to adopt, and they will take support from the central regulatory agencies for that. The other part of it is I think the we talked about information sharing, etc. So, you know, that is something that we believe that the kind of threat analysis that will happen and then based on that the way emergency response will get supported within the market and within different organizations will also clearly improve. So I think that that's something that I'm looking forward to in terms of a trend for the cybersecurity security the thing. I think the in terms of looking at some of the key challenges which was the other questions that you asked about is that, see, I think there could be again, this is my take on it that there, there's a reasonably good chance there'll be an uptake on cyber warfare and when that happens that typically tends to spill over to the enterprise space also Because of the aspects of national critical infrastructure, so in warfare, you know, we know that sometimes that tends to get attacked and all of that also. So I think the way capabilities are getting built and based on the way the dynamics will play out in the global space, that is something that will then mean, you know, in terms of how cyber attacks will play out and what will happen there. So therefore, as part of the security community, me and my team as a leading service provider there, or even on the customer side, we need to collaborate with them to watch that space carefully, to look at how some of those things are happening. And of course, that also means that you know the way threat intelligence needs to be mapped, the way an organisation needs to look at its own exposure in alignment with the criticality of its inf- information infrastructure will be an, an interesting uh, part of the challenge. So, therefore, the ability to protect from you know those kind of uh, forces coming in, I think, will be the the larger play also there, and this is something uppermost in the mind of uh, global leadership coming down. So, so that challenge really needs to be looked at carefully by security practitioners. And finally, I think it you know the Proof of the pudding is in the eating. So it's all about execution, execution, execution. So, execution is where, again, you know, all organizations need to look at internal capabilities in conjunction with external capabilities to see how they want to execute on that. So, how, you know, operationally the entire security model, even if there's a good security design, how it gets executed and operated will be a key challenge that needs to be surmounted. And in that is where I believe the way both, you know, SOC infrastructure will get built up and, you know, cloud security services will get utilized. I think that is also clear going to see a growth because that's the only way in which execution can be scaled up at the speed that it needs to move. Otherwise, you know, standard enterprise processes will slow it down and there's no way it will be able to make that progress. So those are some of the key things that come to my mind, uh, you know, Varun, as you asked me to do some crystal ball glazing, and, uh, you know, uh, I see the 2018 will be a very exciting year.
0: Absolutely, Avinash. As always, Avinash, very insightful and very articulate. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with us.
1: Thank you, Varun. Always a pleasure.
0: So that was Avinash Prasad, who is Vice President and Head of the Managed Security Services Portfolio at Tata Communications. For ISMG, this is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.